Hey everybody, I'm Shelby and I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And I'm Tao, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. And this is High Voltage. Wow, Tao, what a game for between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. That was insane, wild. An emotional roller coaster, just just an unbelievable game to witness as a hockey fan in general. Yeah, I totally agree. I watched the replay and it was, it was it was crazy. Um, it was up and down. That's all I'll say. It it was definitely up and down. Lots of highs, lots of lows, and we'll get into that in just a second. But first, some news around the league in the other series that are going on. The Montreal Canadiens have a 2-0 lead in the series after Carey Price shut out the Jets in Game 2. Game 3 is this evening. And then the Vegas Golden Knights scored two quick goals late in the third period to absolutely rip away a Game 3 win from the Colorado Avalanche. And that series is now 2-1, Colorado with the advantage, and Game 4 this evening in Vegas. And then in the Islanders Bruins series, Matt Barzell led the Islanders to a Game 4 win last night, uh, despite the fact that his balls were absolutely crushed by David Krejci. And that series is now tied at 2-2, two to two, which is great news for the Bolts, um, because if they can close out the series on Tuesday night, they will get some valuable rest before facing the winner of the Boston Islanders series. And then uh, tonight, if we want to just go through really quickly with the games we have going on, uh, the Habs versus Jets. Tal, what, what do you see happening there? Do the Habs take a 3-0 stranglehold on the series, or do you see the Jets getting back in this one tonight? I see Montreal um, is not a huge favorite tonight. The Jets definitely could battle back in, but losing Mark Shifley is going to be a huge thing. You know, his four-game suspension carries into the night. Um, it depends. If they get Paul Snashy back, um, I think the Jets can make this a competitive game. They need some scoring up front. If they do not get him back, which looks like to be a true game-down decision, just like yesterday for my team, um, I'd like the Canadians to go up 3-0 here. Carey Price is, is crazy um, in net right yeah, now. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with that. I think if Carey Price continues to play the way he's played the last two games, the Canadians shock the world and go up 3-0. On the Jets, um, which would give them five in a row, I believe, since going down 3-1 in the Toronto series. Um, and then we have Vegas and Colorado playing tonight, uh, game four. Tal, what do you think about that one? Actually, that'll be six games in a row for the Canadians because they would have uh, won uh, three straight to finish the Toronto series. Oh, awesome. yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Avalanche um, versus Golden Knights. Golden Knights are the home team. Vegas is favored at the moment. In Vegas, um, obviously because they're playing in Vegas, but the betting odds are in Vegas. But um, Avalanche, fantastic team. Again, absolutely dominating. Um, I, I think they let one slip away versus the Golden Knights. I think they they let them finally get some some advantage going. Um, I, I've called a sweep through the series. I felt like it was going to be a sweep just with Colorado. It looked like it was until the final seven minutes of that third period on Friday night. Um, but Philip Grubauer is kind of the same way as Carey Price playing fantastic um, goaltending um, I see t- I see Colorado taking a 3-1 lead tonight um, unless Vegas can absolutely steal a, steal a game I believe before they took the final lead of the game Colorado like I believe you tweeted out that they were only down a total of like what nine minutes or something like that through the whole series? Nine minutes throughout the entire playoffs so far. Colorado has only been trailing um, in all the games they've played for around nine minutes until until those goals were scored by Vegas late in the third. Yeah, I think Vegas gets some confidence after that win. I think they know now that they can win against the Avalanche, and I think that does factor into their play tonight. But I'm still going to pick the Avs to win this one. I, I just think the – the story of them is they are going to the cup. I, I think that Tampa will face them in the cup and beat them, but I think the Avs are, are on a destiny trail right now. So I'm going to pick the Avs for that one, uh, but we'll see what happens. You never know. 
So going into game four between our two favorite teams, we had some updates on the injuries we have been following. Fogel did return to the lineup for Carolina after that injury that happened in game three, but Trocek did not. And of course, Niederreiter is still out. Morasic remained the starting goaltender after a pretty great game three performance from the veteran goaltender. And on the Tampa side, David Savard drew back into the lineup, his first appearance in this series uh, since, since since sustaining that upper body injury. So, uh, yeah, that was the news coming up to Game 4. And the game started with some fuckery at center ice between Coleman and Fogel. Looked like Fogel was trying to set the tone early, and our favorite ref, Kelly Sutherland, handed down some matching minors before a single second had ticked off the clock, so we started the game with 4-on-4. Four four. Kelly Sutherland continued his brilliance a few minutes later when Brady Shea tried to take off Kucherov's nose with his stick. In a bizarre few minutes followed, Shea actually skated to the penalty box, sat down, which is about as clear of an admission of guilt as you can get, but Kelly Sutherland said no penalty! And we were livid. John Cooper was livid. I read his lips. He was telling Kelly, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And I totally concur. Like, that was just bizarre. It was it was a clear and evident high stick. Um, I can't believe the linesman missed it. it. It was just so weird. Weird and just bizarre to have that happen. Get the no call. And I was, I was like, okay, of course. This is how this is going to go. All right. Same shit, different day. So I think every Tampa fan was livid about the non-call there. But Tampa had a great start to the period. They had a couple of great chances, including one for Pat Maroon on a breakaway, but he just couldn't elevate the backhand. And for the first six minutes of the game, Carolina did not even have a shot on net. And then we get our first penalty of the night. Jordan Stahl takes a hooking penalty on Goodrow. It's probably a soft call in my opinion. I think it's a makeup call for missing the high stick earlier, if I'm being honest. It looked more like a defensive play to me, but the refs are trash. So there you have it. And the Canes penalty kill goes to work. And they did an excellent job clearing the puck. Didn't really allow TB to set up in their zone. And held them to just a few shots on the two-minute minor. And it was pretty reminiscent of their penalty kill from Game 2. Where they really were not letting anything happen for Tampa. And that was kind of what we would see over the next two penalties as well. After the PK, there was a really great defensive play. It was probably Carolina's best chance of the period. And it was Brock McGinn coming down in a two-on-one. And Ross Colton, the wonder kid, made a great diving poke check to disrupt the two-on-one for the Canes. And he probably saved a goal there. It was just a big play to make in that moment. I love what we're seeing from Ross this year. Side note, do not get scammed by a fake Snapchat account pretending to be him. My sister did and was almost sex trafficked. But anyway, moving on. We get our first period, first first goal in the first period of the whole series. And it's from who else but Braden Point. It's a beautiful tic-tac-toe passing play from Chernak over to Palat, who offers the puck up on a platter for Braden at the back door. And Point cashes in. And just like that, it is 1-0 bolts. And a quick statistic for context here. In the playoffs so far, the bolts are 6-1 when scoring the first goal, 0-2 when they don't. But... Carolina has only scored first twice the entire postseason, one of which was last game in Game 3. So there you have that. So uh, after Point scores the goal, he then draws a hooking call on Svechnikov, and Tampa Bay goes to the power play for the second time. And the Canes' penalty kill delivers once again, and the period ends with Tampa leading in shots 12-7. to I felt like Tampa power play struggled in that period for sure. The, the Canes' penalty kill looked really great. Um, and then on the Carolina side, I felt like the Canes looked a little flat. There was really no sustained pressure in the offensive zone besides that Brock McGinn chance that Colton saved. Um, it feels like the Lightning deserved the lead after that period. Uh, really good neutral zone play and a lot of great looks. Tal, any thoughts on, on the Carolina side for that period? Um, great penalty kill. Um, Marazic saved a lot of key chances for Tampa on those um, and kept us kind of in the game, um, like he was doing in Game 3. Um, did very well. Um, outside of that, um, needed to get more shots on net. But outside of that, I think it was pretty much of a dull period for Carolina. Yeah, for sure. So now we move on to the second period, which was the craziest roller coaster ride of a period that I have ever witnessed. 
So this is a doozy. So yeah, just strap in because a lot's going to happen here. I hope you can keep up. I hope you watched it because you'll follow along a lot better because um, it was just absolutely batshit insanity. <laughs> I, no other way to describe it, just insanity. So we start the second period with another Kane's penalty, and it's another one for Svechnikov. It's his second of the night. He gets called for tripping Braden Point. It's the second drawn penalty for Point so far and the third pen power play opportunity for the Bolts. Um, Tao, thoughts on that penalty? Um, it was obviously a good call. I think the refs, uh, for the most part in the game, made a good call except for you know the the high stick in the first period. Um, I felt from a Carolina fan, many might say it, but I'm gonna say it, and many might not say it. But I felt like Braden Point kind of sold it a little bit, you know, up in the air to your interpretation if you look at it. But um, I think it was a good penalty overall. Um, I felt like he absolutely did um, trip him, and I felt like him. Uh, I felt like Svechikov at this point was becoming an issue for Carolina. Yeah, definitely two penalties for Svechnikov at that point. I think everybody on the Carolina side was thinking, "How can it get any worse for Svech?" Um, but it did, as we will see. But but that penalty did not result in anything terrible for Carolina because the Canes penalty kill comes up big for a third time and they shut down the bolts on the power play and at this point I'm concerned because this power play is not clicking we're supposed to be going at 40% and we've had three in a row where we've been absolutely shut down so it was just it was a little concerning but then Carolina goes to work right after that penalty kill and Tal why don't you give a rundown of what happens here for Carolina so we're we're getting into the second period. We're about um, three to four minutes in. Carolina finally goes on a barrage to start the second. Um, kind of almost reminiscent to what the third period was in game three for Tampa Bay. Coming out fast and, and furious um, like Tampa did in game three in the third period where they were out shooting Carolina 7-1. to one. Carolina just came out and um, looked like they were up on their skates that like we were we were moving crisper we had that speed that we've had all postseason and then four four thirty into the second period tivo teravanen puts in our first goal of the game for carolina and um just a reminder this is our third five on five goal in the series surprisingly we haven't had more up to this point but fezilevsky up to this point has been magical um, this one comes from Andrei Svechikov and a Jordan Stahl uh, pass that Taravanen just puts past Vazzy. Um Really quickly, he just it was it was finally time for Tivo to score. Um, it's his second goal. It was of the a good playoffs. goal. I thought it was a great feed from Jordan Stahl. Thought it was a great look. Really, really cashed it in. Thought it was awesome. And this is his you know second goal of the playoffs. Um, he hasn't really been stepping up as a goal scorer for us. Um, most of that's been. Stahl, Svechikov, and um, Aho for us. I believe I looked at a stat earlier, so and Stahl and Aho leads us in goals for the postseason. Then, roughly 20 seconds later, Carolina shows up again. Um, I think we're 29 seconds later or 39 seconds later. We're coming in with a Jasper Foss goal. Um, first one of the playoffs for him. He gets a... Beautiful shot on the assist from Slavin and Martinuk, and we're rolling. We are out shooting Tampa, I believe, at this point. Yeah, Tampa hadn't had a shot on yeah. net at all in, in the second period up to that point, um, despite having a power play opportunity and everything. I mean, we were getting shut down, and it was so deflating to go down 2-1. to one. And uh, I, I, I just felt like it happened so quick. It was such a big momentum swing. And in that moment, I was like, something's going on here. This this is about to get crazy. And it certainly did because after that goal from Foss to give Carolina the lead at 2-1, to one, we have a tripping call on David Savard. And Carolina goes to the power play, which was a huge opportunity for them to build on their momentum. But the Tampa Bay penalty kill comes through. It's an excellent kill. Carolina didn't even touch the puck for the for first 40 seconds of the power play. So, at this point in the game, power plays have been unsuccessful for both teams. But that all changes in the blink of an eye because Ruda is boarded hard by Martinuk. 
Um, and Tampa goes on its fourth power play of the game at that point. And Tal, what did you think about that Martinuk boarding penalty on Ruta? Um, from from looking at it, um, I watched the replay of the game. For those who don't know, I went to a baseball game the other yesterday, so I had to come back and watch the the game on a replay. Um, the worst game to miss, by the way. <laughs> just saying that Tal was suffering because yeah. I was texting him everything that was happening. I mean. It, it was not not good to not be watching that one live but he had fun at the baseball game his little brother had fun so we're, we're gonna let it slide and of course at the baseball game i had no service and i literally had to rely on like three different people watching the game from the stadium to to tell me yeah. i had a guy sitting beside me he was like yeah carolina just went up 2-1 and now it's 4-2 and i'm like oh oh lord and then i had another girl spoiler who was alert then i had a well sorry but you know i had a girl at the stand she was like you know this is what's happening, you know, and I'm like, really? Um, but, you know, sorry for the spoiler, but, um, you know, the the penalty itself, um, I felt like it was a great call by the refs. Uh, clearly, Martin Hook went in, hit him in the head up against the boards. I don't think from a Carolina standpoint or from anybody watching that game that it was intentional. It looked like Ruda no. was looking down at the puck trying to get it out and find it and it looked like he just slowed up his momentum enough um he might have passed it out about then i don't remember but he was looking down and it looked like his momentum just kind of slowed himself down and martin hook just went his elbow went right into his the side of his head i think if if ruda was moving at regular speed it probably would still got called a boarding penalty but i think he would hit ruda more on his shoulder slash chest instead of in the head yeah, I don't think it was a bad hit. Like, I don't think the league is going to look at it and, you know, take anything away from it as far as a suspension or a fine. I, I think it was the right call to make, but definitely wasn't intentional. I don't I don't think he, he was trying to hurt Ruta. It was a little concerning to see Ruta kind of crumble to the ice like that. I was kind of kind of worried there for a yeah. second. But uh, he, he seemed to be okay. He got back on the ice for his next shift, and we moved on. And, and Tampa goes on its fourth power play of the game. And then who else? Steven Stamkos comes through. He cashes in on a Kalorn rebound off the crossbar to tie this game at 2-2. Two to two. Big goal, big moment. I think I did predict in the last pod that Steven Stamkos would get a goal in this game after missing on that shot in the third period on the, on the power play. And he clearly did not miss this time. It was, it was a great goal. I didn't think there was much Morassic could do there, quite honestly. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden we have a game tied at two to two. I'm feeling good at this point. I'm high off the stammer time goal. Everything is great. And then my TV cuts out and I turn it back on and tell, tell us what happened in those couple of seconds for Carolina. Cause it's crazy. <laughs> so we're looking at about 45 seconds from that point on, um, you know, coming off of the Stamkos goal power play. Finally, we, we let one through our, our penalty kill finally lets Stamkos get one. Nothing Mirazik could have done when the puck got to Stamkos on my end. Um, he did stop a shot, I believe, on that attempt, but Stammer just had literally the entire left side of the goal open. But um, Shelby was telling me after I got home that her TV goes out because somebody's accessed you know, her YouTube TV, and she's like, I'll come back and... At this point, Dougie Hamilton finally puts another one in the goal, his second goal of the series. This is about 45 seconds after Stamkos gets that power play goal, and Ahu assists and Svechikov assists, his second assist of the game, Ahu's first assist of the game. Tal, you also called uh, the Dougie Hamilton goal in our last podcast as well. Yeah, I I just felt like it was finally time for him to get a goal. He's been putting shots on the net. Um, He's been one of our... um, absolute one of our our best shot takers um he has been absolutely just putting shots on the net at at um at Vazzy he took seven shots in this game he took like six in game one or game two he was he's been attacking and for him to finally he score his due. yeah finally for him to score a second goal in the playoff series or the entire playoffs, you know, it's finally warranted. We needed it uh, after losing our two forwards, not having Nina Ryder or Vorchek in the game. Um, and at this point, 
I don't know what's going on because, like I said, I'm at a baseball game. I literally have no point, you know, what's going on. If I had, I probably would have been on a absolute high because I'm like, we took the lead back <laughs> sure. after giving up a power play goal. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's like you. You were you were feeling like, oh, no, Tampa Bay's back into it. Now I'm like, I'll probably be at this point. I was like, yeah, let's go Carolina. Let's keep attacking. Let's go. And they do because subsequently Slavin makes it 4-2 Carolina. And Carolina scored four goals in 13 minutes on 10 shots in the second period. On Andre Vasilevsky. It was unbelievable. They do. Um, this one is uh, Slavin's first goal of the playoffs. Surprising enough, his first goal of the playoffs. He should have, he should have two. But uh, Ajo put one in in the Nashville series to close out that series. That was given to Ajo at the end of the game. Um Lawrence comes in with a assist, and here we go. This is going to hurt Tampa fans just a little bit, I believe, at this point in the game. For his first point of the playoffs, Cedric Paquette gets an assist on this goal. Um, if you, he did. If you don't, he did. If you don't remember who he is, he won the trophy with you guys last year, I believe, didn't he, Shelby? Yeah, they've, they've only mentioned it about – 30,000 times throughout each broadcast. But, yeah, I mean, good for Seti. It, it was a very timely goal for, for Slavin to have, along with Dougie Hamilton. Both needed to make an impact in this series, and they did. And at that point, getting a 4-2 lead on Tampa, that was the largest deficit we've had in this series so far, being down two. That that was it. It was I, I had whiplash at this point. Like, we had just tied it up on a beautiful goal from Stammer, and then, boom, lead evaporated. And all of a sudden, we're we're facing that two-goal deficit with only seven minutes and 19 seconds left in the second period. But buckle up, because that doesn't last for long. Um, <laughs> because immediately, rookie defenseman Jake Bean, poor guy for Carolina, uh, ends up holding Goodrow in the neutral zone, neutral zone, <laughs> <laughs> resulting in the fifth power play for Tampa, who immediately goes to work. And who else but Nikita Kucherov, a sick man, looking for vengeance from last game, gets the power play goal to breathe some life into this team and cut the lead down to 4-3. It was a great goal. I love to see that from Kuch. Um, what do you think about that play from Mrazek, though? Was that a soft goal to let in? Was was there a screen in front of him? Like, What did you think about that first power play goal from Kuch? Looking back at it, because um, like I said, I had to watch a replay of the game. There was actually a screen on the play. Um, it looked like Alex Kalorn screened uh, Mrazek. I believe the goal went over his left side, I believe. But, yes, there was a Kalorn. Um, Kalorn was standing in front of Mrazek when Kucherov took the shot. Um, Jake Bean, terrible holding call. It's kind of kind of goes back to what Kucherov did in, in Game 3 to kind of cost you guys a game just – a, but this one happened, obviously, in the uh, – I believe this happened in the defensive end. But – It was like going into the – oh, neutral. Yeah. it was like neutral zone okay. going into the defensive zone. So, but, but still like a bad penalty to take, just undisciplined, inexperienced. You can't take that penalty when you're up 4-2, to two, especially to a Tampa team who you yeah. know has a lethal power play. And, yes, you've been able to stop it three out of four times so far tonight but still don't don't give them a chance and and he gave us a chance and, yeah. and that proved to be a regrettable action for sure yeah 100 percent um he just shouldn't have been holding um kind of like i think how tampa bay fans felt when kucherov did it last game shouldn't have been holding in that situation i think it just finally gave tampa bay the power they needed to to put one in Carolina at this point of 4-3 still in good shape um if I was home and watching this game I would be still be like we're in great shape we're good we're fine we are gonna win this game 4-3 we're attacking we're pressuring you know but Shelby you know what happens next is is disheartening um oh come on it's a fairy tale (laughs) storybook goal and I'll tell you why it's such a story, but goal here in a second. But we are. So we're back to a, a, a one-goal game with 5.22 left in the second period. And then the biggest goal of the game, the series, the playoffs, and definitely of Tyler Johnson's season happens. 
and it's off of a beautiful pass from Ross Colton. And Tyler just fires a high shot. That knuckle pucks slightly off of a deflection off of Hamilton. And it sails over Morasic's left shoulder. And holy fucking shit, I lost it. I lost it at that point. What a goal, first of all. Absolutely beautiful. Just gorgeous. But the person who shot it was Tyler fucking Johnson. It's unbelievable. It, it's so special knowing the struggles he has had over the last few years. Playing in a reduced role being put on the waivers to start the season. The amount of discourse there has been about him going to the Seattle Kraken, the way the fans, myself included, have been so hard on him. To have him step up in that moment and make such a beautiful play like that to change the course of this series and the game, he 100% deserved it. 100% deserved it. It was beautiful to see. I don't think Morasic could do anything there to stop that except for maybe not shrinking down I think he was a little shrunken down in the goal which allowed that puck to slide over his left shoulder um but just great great shot from Johnny so happy for him so happy to see him get rewarded and I will make a public apology here Tyler Johnson I'm very sorry for shitting on you all season for being absolute dog water but you made up for it here Finally. and you know Tyler Johnson is is no stranger to scoring goals on Peter Morasic. I think Peter Morasic is haunted in his nightmares by Tyler Johnson. And uh, yeah, just to see that was incredible. You came through for us there. Gorgeous and so happy for you. And we have a tie game late in the second. Thanks to you, Tyler. We thank you. Go, Johnny, go. Love you, man. Congratulations. So if you think the roller coaster ends there, just wait because the ride keeps going. Um, because late in the second period, with about a minute left. Svechnikov is called for his third penalty of the night. And it's for roughing Yanni Gord in the offensive zone. It's another offensive zone penalty for Carolina. Tal, give us your thoughts on that penalty from Svech, his third of the night. Well, um, third of the night, undisciplined. Very, very, very undisciplined. Um, this man at this point would have been driving me up the wall. Um, and you can even look at his face when he goes to the penalty box that he knows he just screwed up and just gave Tampa the chance and the momentum they need to come back in this game. And some people, even Brenda Moore said that he felt like it wasn't a a good penalty call. Um, Personally, I think it was a good penalty call. I think it should have been cross-checking. I think he he took his stick. On Sergachev? Or on oh Svech. oh Speshikov. I think I think it should have been crossing a cross check power play um, in the the third one of the game for him um, that on Yanni Gord um, he should have gotten a cross check because he kind of looked like he took his arms with his stick and kind of hit him up high. If anything, I didn't feel like it was rough. It was a high hit, and I think that's why the arm was raised immediately is because it was a high hit. Yanni's a smaller player as well. Um, but, yeah, just an offensive zone penalty at that point in the game when Tampa has just gotten back into it in in Amelie Arena. So the crowd's into it. Momentum has completely shifted. You've blown a two-goal lead at this point. And you take an offensive zone penalty. And I will say there has been a lot of discourse like on Twitter following the game about the fact that Sergachev cross-checked uh, Aho in retaliation after that hit on Gord and it wasn't called. I think there's an argument to be made that it could have been a four-on-four at that point. But that's not what happened. The call was called on oh, Svech. Yeah. Like we said, third penalty of the night for him. Getting real familiar with that box at that point. You should probably like get a, a shoe rack or a bed in there for him because he's like living in there. Um, and yeah, it, it just gives Tampa, the Tampa power play unit, another shot. And you, you can't do that. You can't do that at this point in the game. It's undisciplined. It's a bad move. And of course, it ends up leading to the dagger in the heart of, of this game, which is that Tampa goes on the power play for the sixth time with about a minute remaining in the period. And you know what time it is, Tal? It's stammer time. Office hours are open. After a great keeping by Hedman with a long stretch of his stick to keep the puck in the zone, puck gets over to Cooch. He feeds it over the middle of the ice to Stammer in his office, and he hammers it home to make it 5-4. 
and uh, nothing Morasic could do on that one. I mean, people, the, the defensive group there for Carolina leaned towards Kucherov expecting the shot because of how dangerous he was on the last power play. And instead of shooting, Cooch just passed it right over to Stammer, right in his wheelhouse, and, and Stammer hammered it home. And then we have a 5-4 lead. And that is how we end the unbelievable second period of Game 4. We had eight goals total, third highest goal total in NHL playoff history, going back to like the 70s and the 90s when nine goals were scored in, in, in one period. So one of, one of the most explosive periods of hockey in the playoffs ever. Tons of lead changes, tons of momentum swings. I mean, just just unbelievable. So, Tal, can you just give me your thoughts on that period? And can you just kind of talk about how, after that second period and letting in four goals, your thoughts on Morasic and whether or not Brenda Moore should have kept him in this game? Um, just one thing I'm surprised you didn't you didn't mention at this point. Kucherov had two points, and your boy Pat Maroon got an assist on a Tyler Johnson goal. I'm surprised you didn't. I know you like Patty Maroon. Um, I do love him. Big rig. Big rig. Ross Colton also. Yeah, no, great assist. Great assist. I mean, Palat had a, had an assist at that point. All, all of our depth players, I mean, everyone on that on that lineup made an impact in that game. But, yeah, um, Cooch, Cooch was going off at that point. I think Stammer was at two points at, at that point as well. He was at three. Yeah, they were racking it up. He was at three. Yeah. So, yeah, they were racking it up. Yeah, but yeah, Tal, just just go through kind of what you thought about the second period and those kind of momentum swings, the emotional roller coaster, and then Morazic's play as well. Well, watching it at home when I got home, watched the replay. I certainly felt the emotions running. Um, we we take that huge four two lead on Vasilevsky, and it's we've put him in a dire situation at that point. I felt we were attacking. We were beautiful offensively. We were just just kind of at that point destroying Tampa on the offensive side of the puck um, outside of the Steamers Stamco's power play goal um, we were just absolutely doing what they had done to us in game three they were just storming us kind of like using the the metaphor of storming the castle you know they were running at us left right center in the third period last game and they just we were absolutely doing everything to them at at that point um I'll, I'll touch on the Tyler Johnson goal, too. Um, also, I believe it went over Morazic also because Dougie Hamilton got a got a piece of that one. It um, it caused the puck to do like a, a t- like a flip motion. It was motion. a knuckle puck. Yeah, like a knuckle puck motion, yeah. and it hit him. So that wasn't uh, helpful also because it, it allowed it to go over Morazic. Um, and to talk about Morazic... Um, Obviously, when it's four-two, you don't feel some type of way about a goalie. You feel you feel pretty confident that he's doing his job. He is um, at that point. You know, we've we've stopped three power plays with Samer getting his you know power play goal. You're feeling great. You're feeling four-two. Your team's up, going great. Four-three. You're starting to feel a little less. You're starting to. But then again, it's a power play goal. You're thinking, oh, Tampa tops of the league. In. Like, just don't take any more penalties and we'll be fine. Yeah, you're, you're thinking, okay, no more penalties. We're fine. Morazic's got this. Morazic's stopping goals, stopping everything. Tyler Johnson absolutely pulled him from the game. 100% sorry. Love you. Um, no no disrespect to Tyler Johnson. I think he's a, he's a good player. I think he just doesn't get treated well enough as a good player in Tampa. He's not good enough to play on the top lines of yeah, Tampa, and yeah. I think that that's... You know he's in a reduced role. Obviously now he was a star in the 2015 Cup run, but his play has declined over recent years. But that moment for him was was reminiscent of his play from 2015. It felt like we had Tyler Johnson back. I think that's why it was so inspiring to me as a Tampa fan, and I think to fans all over to see him get that was just awesome. And I, I'm sure the team, the coaches, everybody was just so happy for him. But yeah, at that point I'm, I'm like, okay, coach, let's let's pull Morazic. Um, even before the last Stamkos goal on a power play happened, I'm I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, watching it back, I'm thinking, pull pull him. Why are we not pulling this goaltender? Um, he's letting in four goals. We have to capitalize. We have to win this game. It is so important to go back to Carolina, coming down to Tampa, winning two games on the road. We have to come. We this isn't the regular season. You can't just keep 
a goaltender in there that's not doing the job well. And at this point, he's not doing the job well. Yes, I know he's got two power play goals, but he's also got two five-on-five goals. And I get Vazzy staying in the game. Vazileski's 100% the best goaltender on Tampa Bay. There's no point to put McElhaney or somebody else in there. I, I mean... Jesus, no. Please, yeah. God. If I ever see Vazzy pulled in the playoffs, I'm, I'm going off. That No. That would never happen. Never happen. But do you think that maybe... Do you think that maybe impacted Brindamore? He said, oh, Vazzy led in four. My guy led in four. You know, at that point, before yeah. the, the fifth goal by Stamkos. You think that was part of his decision? He's saying, I'm going to stick with my guy. I'm, I trust him. Yeah, maybe at that point he was thinking um, that Morazic's going to have the, the veteran leadership to be able to pull himself out of this rut. Maybe he's thinking, oh, well, two of those goals are power play goals. I mean, he's only led on one five-on-five five goal at that point in time. I mean, he... He 100% just maybe he can pull it back. Maybe mentally he's okay. Maybe we're, we're good in that situation. But from a standpoint of me, I'm thinking pull the goaltender, especially after the Stamkos goal. After the goal. Johnson goal. Yeah, after the Johnson goal. I, I'm feeling pull the goaltender. Um, put put a Nadelkovich back in the net. Then again, I kind of do understand why he didn't put Morazic out. Um you know, you don't put – I mean, you put Novdelkovic back out there, what happens? Tampa Bay scores three more goals. Novdelkovic goes into game five, maybe getting the starting role and, you know, his confidence Yeah, but you don't shot. know that at yeah. the time. Yeah, at you the don't, time, you yeah. don't know that. At the time, it's still 5-4 going into a whole other 20 minutes of play. And you're trying to win a playoff series. Yeah, I mean, you're – Yeah, you are. You are. And you've been lucky enough to get four goals on Vazzy. And you got to take advantage of that of it at that point because who knows when that'll happen again? Yeah, if if it'll ever happen again. Yes, at this point, going into the third period, we need to change. We need to change something. And at this rate, Morazic's the thing we need to change. Five goals. Um, five goals. Yes, three are power plays, but still, like, pull them, get them out of here. And then the third period begins for you. I mean. At that point, I mean, do you have anything you want to say about the Morazic decision, or do you feel, what do you feel about that as all? The only thing that I'll say about the Morazic decision, and we are going to listen to Rob Brindamore's answer from a reporter when he's asked the same question later on in the pod. Um, only thing I'll say about it is I love Rob Brindamore as a coach. I think he's great. I love that he had the trust and the belief in his guys um, and in Morazic. I think hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to look back and say, yeah, we should have pulled him then. I don't think John Cooper, even if Vazzy wasn't in net, would have, would have pulled his goalie at that point because Cooper's not that type of coach either. It's tough for me to say because you you don't know what the outcome of the game would have been had he been pulled, and I think that's what Canes fans are struggling with. But, yeah, yeah I think I think Morazic let in a couple of softies. I think the Cooch power play goal was, was a softie. I think the Tyler Johnson goal was – a little bit soft because he was shrunk in the net you know he wasn't standing up he was he was kind of low to the ground I don't know though I mean it's it's just hard to say but but they end up not pulling him Morazic comes back out for the third and in the third it's still a one goal game and almost instantly David Savard takes his second penalty of the night for interference and gives Carolina a great chance to tie this game and get back in it but the Tampa penalty kill comes through for a second time. And right after the kill, poor Jake Bean. Jake Bean is not having a good night. Palat forces a turnover from Jake Bean in the, at the, the top of the, the offensive zone for Carolina and takes the puck, goes down the ice, delivers a pass over to Kucherov, who's on his horse following behind. Kucherov one-times this puck off his back foot through Morasic's five hole. Morasic did not look like he was expecting a shot that quickly. And all of a sudden it's six, four lightning. And it's pretty much a wrap after that. It's a great goal from Kucherov. So happy he got it, obviously. But I think it's a soft goal from Morasic there too. I, I think from that far out, you got to make that save. I don't think he was expecting that shot. Kuch has a very strange shot that a lot of goaltenders struggle with. That shot was was good, but Cooch even said in the post-game press conference he was trying to elevate that puck, and he actually fanned on it a little bit, which is why it stayed so low and ended up going through the five-hole. 
But that was that was the real dagger in the heart. The Stamkos goal was like the first dagger. This was like the final dagger. Because after that, Carolina gets another good two-on-one chance that Braden Point disrupts with a diving back check. And that's pretty much it. They pull Morazic, go empty net with over two minutes left, but Vazzy stays strong. And the Lightning close out the game to take a 3-1 lead in the series. But yeah, what a game, Tal. I'm, I'm so sorry you missed it. Just wow. Wow. We had lead changes. We had momentum swings. We had big moments from the Stars on both sides. Absolutely a plethora of goals and emotions in the second period. It was a roller coaster. It was an amazing game to watch as a hockey fan, as a Tampa fan. Like I said, this was even sweeter. Just just incredible. But yeah, what a game for. What a game for. Tal, do you want to give your thoughts overall on this game for performance? Overall, performance-wise, we got help from, from our forwards. We got help from a defender and Jacob Slavin. Um, Svechikov, uh, terrible all night long with penalties, except for the first goal of the second period when he got his, his first assist, and, of course, the Dougie Hamilton one when he got an assist also. Um, outside of that terrible just absolutely flat looked like we did in game three in the third period just came out flat just did not was not impressed um i'm really hating myself how do you lose a game where you score four goals on vasileski like how do you lose this game carolina yeah i think i think it was a wasted opportunity to capitalize on an off day for vasi I mean, he did shut you guys down in periods one and three. Yeah. But he was off in the second period. And that was an opportunity for Carolina. And the lack of discipline really was yeah. was the downfall here. I think the story of this game is the penalties and the power plays. One team was able to stay out of the box for the most part and kill the penalties when they did take them, and one didn't. The, the Tampa power play is operating at over 40% right now. And the Canes gave them six opportunities. That's the story. You can write it any other way, but that's the story of this game. It was Tampa being able to capitalize on the lack of discipline from Carolina. And now they have a 3-1 to one lead in the series. And we're going back to Carolina on Tuesday for Game 5. So I do want to play the clip of Brenda Moore when he was asked why he didn't pull Morazic. Because as we go into previewing Game 5, I think one of the storylines we'll be following is who the goaltender is going to be for Game 5 for Carolina. So let's listen in real quick about what Rob Brindamore had to say. Rob, it seemed like Peter kept you in it early with some good saves, but then obviously they they scored plenty, and it was on the power play. Do you take anything from that as far as what your decision will be for Game Five and and where you uh, might? I don't know. We'll we'll look at it and make a decision. And you know, on that that day we play or the day before, or whatever. Um, you know, yeah, he was good early for sure. We we because we weren't at our best at the start. That's for sure. Daryl, did you ever consider pulling him just to switch it up or no? Yeah, we consider it all the time, but he's, you know, he, he's a battler, and he, I know he didn't want to come out of a game like that. So he's a battler, and he knows he didn't want to come out of the game like that, but he did consider it. Any reaction to that clip, Tal? Um, bad, bad move. Should have moved him out of the net. Um, we don't know what would happen if we put Nadelkovic in. We might win the game if we put Nadelkovic in at 4-4, or even 5-4. Going to the third period of the one one goal deficit in a game you need to win. This isn't the regular season. We're not fighting for points. We're not fighting to win the President's Trophy. We're fighting to win a playoff series. We're fighting to win the biggest thing that we can win in hockey, and that's the Stanley Cup. You are fighting for a hockey championship, and you don't pull a goalie when he is underperforming. He is already beating himself up in goal. You can tell he's not mentally there. He is hurting our team at that point in the game, Nadelkovic should have been inserted. Yes, Nadelkovic gives up three goals. Okay, bad move. We move on. Then we can talk about that. But we can't talk about what Nadelkovic could have done if they put in him. I think it was a bad move by the coaching staff. Yes, he's a battler. Yeah, every goaltender is going to say that, though. Every goaltender in the league is going to say that. If Fleury gives up six goals tonight, they're going to say the same thing. We didn't pull him because he's a he's our goaltender. 
I mean, if especially if Vegas is scoring the same way as you know Carolina did in the game, you know they're not going to pull you know a flurry in that situation, especially if it's five four. But that's a flurry. I mean, you know that's that's one of the greatest all time goaltenders to ever play the game. This is Peter Morazic's not. I'm sorry. Like I think he's a good good goaltender, but I don't think he's one of the greatest to ever play the game. Um. And at this point, just you're trying to win a Stanley Cup playoffs in Tampa Bay in that arena with 13,000 fans in attendance. Switch it up. If it costs you, guess what? You, you, you won't know that. You won't know. And, and that's the biggest question that we have going into Game 5, in my opinion. It is. I, I think Ned gets the start, personally. I think it's a bad position that he's being put in. But I do think he gets the start. Game 5 is on Tuesday in Raleigh at 6.30 p.m. It is on NBCSN, so thank God we don't have to, you know, watch this playoff game on the USA Network. That's an upgrade. Um, but looking forward to Game 5, let's give our three keys to the game, Tal. What do you think Carolina needs to do to in order to stay alive in this series? Discipline, discipline, and discipline is the first one. Um, penalties, you have to be disciplined. You have to stop taking penalties in the defensive zone. You have to take a stop taking penalties in the offensive zone for Tampa Bay. You just have to clean up penalties. If we're not cleaning up penalties, we will walk out, we will stay in Raleigh and not return to Tampa for game seven or game six, whichever way. We will not return to Tampa Bay. We will not go back to fight for our lives to get to a Game 7 to come back to Carolina. It will not happen. If you do not stop being a penalty-killing team, it, it's just not going to hurt. It's just not going to help. We need to, stop, we need to stop with penalties. We need to kill our penalties that we do give up, but we need to stop, t- kill, we need to stop penalties. I mean, this is literally six in this game. We had seven in the National Series in one game. We had eight in the National Series in one game. It literally has to stop. I know we were the one of the worst penalized teams in the league, but it literally has to stop. Second one, shoot the puck, please. Where's the Where's the team that played game two? Where's that team at? Where's the team that had Tampa down 32 to 15 in shots? Where's the team that had... Nashville, I know that went in the overtime, but where's the team that had Nashville down 56 to 35 in shots? Where's this team at? Where's the shooting prowess speed team that Carolina is known for? Where are they? You score four goals on Vasilevsky and you don't win game four? Please. this that, that probably won't happen again. That probably won't happen in game five, to be honest. Vazzy probably won't give up four goals in game five. They probably won't get that chance again. So you need to put shots on net. We need to score the opportunities. If we get power plays, we need to 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 score them because we have four five-on-five five on five goals in this series, and they all came in pretty much one game. Um, I think we might have five total, but they almost all came in one game. And, you know, it starts to hit a point where you scored four, you got to keep doing it. Vazzy's not going to stop. Vazzy's an engine. Vazzy will not let this happen in Game 5. So you need to score the chances you got. Hit the open netters. Just move the puck around. Score. Put pressure on Vazzy early. If we do, we can win. Last point and last key for Carolina to win Game 5. Please, for the love of God, start Nadelkovic. The man held them to 15 shots. Yes, he lost the game. Yes, he lost Game 1, holding them to 20, 30 shots. But the man has given up four goals in two games. We just let a goalie give up six in one. And in and, and game three, Mrazek gets a pass on. Mrazek was absolutely beautiful in game three. He was literally Nadelkovic in game three. Nadelkovic has sat down. He's got his mental state back. He knows that he can stop teams from scoring. He did it versus Nashville for most of that series. He can do it versus Tampa. I think he can honestly do it versus Tampa. And at this point, you need to go the change. Yeah, I think those are great keys. I think if Carolina can start being more disciplined, stop taking penalties, 
you know, get a goalie change in there, start Ned, shoot the puck, and get some goals past Vazzy. You guys have a great chance for Game 5, also in front of a home crowd. I know it didn't work out for Games 1 and 2, but that is an advantage, and, and you have to capitalize on it. My three keys for Tampa are going to be continue to stay out of the box and play smart. That was my key for Game 4. I think we did a really good job of it. David Savard obviously didn't get the memo. I guess he was practicing with the scratches when Coach Cooper was talking about that. But uh, yeah, just play smart, play our game, stay out of the box. I love that we didn't really take any stupid penalties. I think that has to continue in order to come out of Raleigh with a win. Second key is going to be match the desperation level of the Canes. We didn't do that in Game 5 versus Florida last series. And, you know, we paid for it. We took it to six games. If we can match the desperation level of the Canes, come out there hot, not come out with a sloppy, slow start, we're going to be okay. My third key kind of piggybacks off that. Just don't let the emotions of this last game impact our performance. Impose your will on this team. Don't don't start out sloppy and sluggish. Don't be hungover thinking about what happened last game. I don't think they will, but we have struggled with our starts a couple times in this series. And I think if we get a strong start, we can come away with a third road win and close out this series. Now, let's do our predictions for Game 5 because we were both kind of accurate on the last pod with our predictions for Game 4. Tal predicted a high-scoring game. He predicted four goals would get by Vazzy, which I thought sounded crazy at the time. And then I also picked Kucherov and Stamkos to score, and both of them ended up getting two. So, Tal, what are your predictions for Game 5? Score and the people who score them. If Nadegovic is in goal, we win the Game 3-2. I think we finally get um, we need we need to up the pressure on Vazzy. I think we do that again. I don't think we let this one slip though. I think we go up three one going into the third, and I don't think we let this one slip. I think we become more cautious on penalties, and we finally turn to our home crowd to cheer us through. So three two. Um, I think Aho gets a goal. Jordan Stahl has been huge for us. I'll say he gets a goal. And I think uh, Snovetsikov will rebound and get a goal. Um, uh, I think I put a stat in that he um, only gets points through the first three games of series. Um, but I think he gets a goal. He needs to rebound. Um, but, yeah, 3-2 Tampa uh, Tampa goals. Um, I'll give one to Braden Point. I think he continues his hot streak. And I'm gonna go out on a I'm gonna go out on a crazy limb, and I'm going to go with. Shernak for the second one. Um, not that it's really that crazy, but he's more of, you know, one of those players that kind of fills a role. And uh, I think he scores one for Tampa. So 3-2 victory for Carolina. Home crowd, we push it back to game six in Tampa. Yeah, I think it's a close one as well. I don't think Vazzy makes the same mistake of, of letting in four. I think it ends up being a 3-1 contest. With one goal for Carolina from Ajo, I think he leads the way, but it's not enough. And we get a goal from Kalorn, a goal from Blake Coleman, and then I think we get an empty netter for Mr. Empty Netter for the Lightning, which is Yanni Gord. For some reason, Tampa really struggles with empty nets. Like, we very rarely score empty netters, and when we do, it's usually Yanni Gord. But I think that third line with uh, Goodrow, Coleman, and uh, Gord comes through big. I think Coleman gets gets a goal. And I'm, I'm looking forward to possibly closing out this series. But I'm also kind of sad because that means that we won't have any more Carolina-Tampa games to talk about until next season. But we'll see what happens. So those are our keys to the game and our predictions for both teams for Game 5 on Tuesday. And in the meantime, we will enjoy these other series going on tonight while we wait for 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday at on NBCSN, Tampa Bay Lightning versus Carolina Hurricanes, Game 5. So yeah, that was Game 4. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of High Voltage. You can follow us on Twitter at TBHighVoltage. We look forward to talking to you guys about Game 5. Thanks, everyone.